0: Hello, and welcome back to The Insatiable Appetite. I'm David Emerson fight from the Hartman Group, and I'm here with Steve Markinson, Director of Research and Insights at FMI, the Food Industry Association. And we have some really interesting new research and insights to share with the world this week. So uh, buckle up. For anyone less familiar, FMI is headquartered in Arlington, Virginia, and works on behalf of the entire food industry. And that includes making sure that retailers and manufacturers, really everyone in the food industry, has access to important foundational intelligence and understanding about food shoppers and how they think and behave, how they shape and respond to cultural trends and macro level changes. Uh, The Hartman team, um, including me and many of my colleagues, uh, has been supporting annual survey and ethnographic work for FMI for the past decade or so. Uh, Last February 2020, we had just finished fielding our annual wave of U.S. grocery shopper trends research, so just finished our survey, when Really, everyone's world was turned upside down, and uh, Steve and I, practicing some some foresight, some gumption, um, you know, panic is the mother of invention. Steve and I quickly agreed we'd we'd really better uh, start doing things a little bit different than usual, um, and do something different to make sure we'd be able to understand how shoppers were experiencing the pandemic. Um, thinking ahead, you know, seeing that this might be a a, a long process. how the shoppers were gonna navigate the pandemic and their food choices and how best to support them throughout. So someone had to keep track of this and Steve and I realized, well, really that's someone, that that was us. So uh, since early last March, we've been partnering up for many ongoing waves of survey research to understand food shoppers and food shopping during COVID-19. We just this month completed our 12th wave of survey research and uh, since last February. And just this week, We jointly published a short report from that, uh, U.S. Grocery Shopper Trends, Tracker 2021, Back to School, Back to Office. Uh, And so we're going to chat today about what we've just learned about how American food shoppers are seeing things this month, August 2021. Uh, So, so Steve, does that sound good to you?
1: Yeah, it sounds great, David. Thank you. And thank you for your team for helping FMI and the broader food industry track uh, grocery shopper trends. Over these past uh, tumultuous, unprecedented months, um, it's really been a great partnership working with you guys. And uh, really, it's kind of hard to remember back to that time last February when we were kind of casually working on our annual 2020 grocery shopper trends research. Um, it's really been an om- almost really ongoing cycle of surveys we've been conducting since then. Um, so, speaking of kind of looking back, let's start by talking a little bit about how uh that e- the mindset of the shopper out there has been evolving um regarding COVID-19 during the pandemic um how concerned were shoppers and how are they feeling now at this stage of the pandemic so uh, how has their mindset evolved David
0: yeah well okay so um I should first try to be clear that when we're talking about shoppers, what we really mean at this point in America, that's everyone because uh, just about all adults in the US shop for food. So when we talk about these attitudes that we're talking about um, about about COVID and, and stuff, this is really, you know, we're really starting off thinking about American adult public opinion, really uh, anyone who's been tracking public opinion and concern would see some of the same things that we're seeing at the broad level. And concern is certainly down now from its peaks last year but it's still a big worry for a lot of people. I and mean, that's how I kind of sum it up. It's 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 down, but it's still high. So last year, the height of the broad public worry was in early April 2020. Uh, it wasn't the very first time we measured it. Um, but, you know, one of our first waves of survey research, we found that 74% of adults said they were concerned about the pandemic, and that included 45% extremely concerned. And if you think about it, that's like, uh, pretty remarkable. Since six weeks before that, no one had ever heard of this thing. So, 45% of all adults being extremely concerned—that's um, that was pretty striking. And 74% total concern. But by this February 2021, like a year later, uh, that had come down from 74 down to 64%. So, still a very high number, but but you know, significantly lower. And just as a reminder, February this year uh, actually saw the peak fatality rate. So, this concern or stress we measure. Um, mm-hmm doesn't necessarily align with like medical events, it's more subjective. And in the first week of August, like six months later, we took America's um, temperature again and it's come down from from 64 down now to 53, so another 10 point drops and, that, and that's the lowest it's been since we started. So still obviously a lot of people remain, you know, really worried, you know.
1: Yeah. So while while that stress and anxiety level maybe maybe it has come down a little bit, um, I'm I'm guessing it's affected some people more than others. Um, I think we we see that in the data. Who who are those people that are more worried and have a higher level of anxiety
0: at this point? Uh, can you do a little data digging for us, David, and, and enlighten us? Yeah. Sure. Um, so you know, as you know, we we we. Um we, we went below the top line numbers and looked for things that would be interesting. You know, one of the things we looked at is as you remember is that um, wanted to see the States with currently high rates of hospitalization, like the places where things are currently surging, do they have a more concern with COVID? And um, we didn't really see uh, a very big difference between, you know, those States and the rest of the States. On the other hand, urban areas, um, you know, if like between urban suburb, small town and rural, um, the urban areas, uh kind of have ten point higher um concern. And similarly, uh parents with kids at home continue to be more concerned. I mean parents with kids, I mean, they're still up at sixty three percent in August, which is really what the country was as a whole back in February. And uh we asked this time about concerns specifically about Delta and other new variants. And also with parents, that elicited slightly higher concern. Um so, this is all very uh, interesting context. Um, and of course, we have a special interest in food shopping and asked a lot about ongoing concerns with food shopping specifically, the perceived risk, comfort, anxiety around a number of different activities related to food. So um, you know, I would turn it back to you, Steve. I mean, what would you say we've learned about what grocery shoppers are are more comfortable with, less comfortable with now uh, doing now? are they um, I mean, are they comfortable coming into physical stores at this point?
1: Oh, well, I think you know you're out there on the west coast, David. I'm out here on the east east coast, and I, I think we've all probably seen, you know, across the country in our various grocery stores um, that you know food really t- food retailers have really made some some great strides to both ensure the safety of the shoppers and and of course the associates too. And we're seeing that most shoppers now, majority at 60%, now say that they feel safe shopping in person at food stores and in markets. Um, that's up about 10 points from uh, February, for about six months ago and of course ordering online and picking up at the store continues to be regarded as safer um, and chop- but on the other hand shoppers are less comfortable with uh, indoor gatherings and hosting large groups uh you know about a quarter to a third are feeling that that's a risky activity to take part at this point in time um americans are showing even more wariness uh of those perceived risks you know beyond um beyond food or eating activities Uh, When you think about uh, returning to the office and uh, returning to school, we see many that consider that to be risky uh, for them. Uh, About a third, almost four out of 10, saying that uh, going to an office with unmasked colleagues is risky. And uh, they're also concerned about sending their unvaccinated children to to school, thinking that that's risky. But if we go back to the, the in-store shopping experience, going back to those 60 percent who see little risk in shopping in person generally, um, you know, shopping in stores, uh, you know, one of the things shopping in stores without vaccinated or, or mask re, um, requirements is really a concern of theirs. It's almost as likely to make them as anxious as they would be traveling on an airplane. However, if you look at some of the activities that that can take place to help with that anxiety, anxiety drops to far lower levels um, and only 13% um, if you're in places where uh, people are vaccinated or they have to wear a mask. In fact, specifically in stores, 77% feel safe in a store where all the shoppers and staff must either be vaccinated or wear a mask, and only 7% feel that is risky, so a big difference there. So David, let's uh, we talked about shopping here a little bit. Let's talk about uh, some more food habits here that, in terms of changes, occurred over the past twelve. I'm uh, sorry, sixteen to eighteen months or so. Um, where would you say? Where would you like to start, David? What other changes have you been seeing in terms of what we've discovered?
0: Yeah. So I mean, I guess I'd start with the beginning, and and I'll I'll just forecast here, like a lot of this is not going to be new news in part because this is stuff that's been that's been going on since the very beginning of the pandemic. So like thinking back to last April, um, you know, it, it's painful to think that fact that far, but, uh, you know, people were being told, uh, you know, you can't go into restaurants anymore. Those businesses are temporarily off limits. It's not safe to go in. And don't even, you know, in Seattle like or in other cities, don't even leave your homes if you can help it. It's just, it's it's only okay to go out to shop for groceries or, or uh, drugstores. Um, and even there, it was like there was a heightened attention to social distancing, avoiding other people, but also vo- avoiding contact with surfaces, um, which might harbor the virus. And, and so this very, very sudden shift happened last uh, April, and we still have a lot of those initial impacts uh, following us today. So Americans are still eating far more at home instead of going out to restaurants. And uh, they're getting some of this from takeout. You know, So they're using restaurants again now a little bit, but they're getting some of the food they're eating at home is from takeout. But also a lot of it is that we're cooking more. People still say that they're cooking more than they were before the pandemic started. And um, it kind of goes without saying that shoppers you know, have been favoring grocery shopping methods that would keep them in their house or in their car instead of going into the store by ordering online, uh, either for delivery or for or for pickup, um, now a little bit less connected with these like necessary constraints. Uh, you know, the, the in, some of the interesting stuff we hear on these s- surveys is like a little bit unexpected. Like people say that they've been eating healthier, and that's been consistent since last year. That you know, even early on, people, you know, within a couple of months, people were starting to report that they were eating healthier, and that could be because they're they're not using restaurants as much, um, and they're. Uh, you know, home prepared meals and snacks are generally perceived as somewhat healthier overall. So mm-hmm. eating less restaurants, you know, less might lead to that. And But, you know, people also say they've been avoiding unhealthy snacks more than before um, and more successfully than before. And now, you know, we're also hearing um, from people that they tend to use hot prepared foods uh, from the grocery store less than they had been before. So, you know, despite this reduction in eating out, they appear to be making fewer like last-minute trips to the store with this like less immediate consumption fewer of these dinner on the way home sorts of trips and maybe still fewer of the um the the lunchtime supermarket drop-in kind of visits um but you know steve as we're we're thinking about fmi's food retailing members um like what else do you think we've learned about these these trips into the store and, and more broadly you know how do you see grocery shopping you know changing nowadays
1: Well, first of all, even despite some of the relaxing of those uh, restaurant restrictions in recent months, spending at grocery stores is still uh, fairly elevated and it's still been pretty strong. Uh, Shoppers acknowledge uh, that they're still spending more on groceries than they did before the pandemic. Um, I mean, now there's some concerns now about inflation and supply issues, and maybe partially as a result of that, they say they have more food on hand at home than they did before the pandemic. Um, But even with all this food at home, you know, one of the the good news things is uh, Americans have learned a lot about uh, their their home cooking and and how to deal with food more, and they're saying they are less likely to let food in their pantry or fridge go to waste. So that's definitely a positive. Um, More broadly, though, uh, many shoppers are saying that they have reduced the number of trips they make to the store a little bit. The number of stores that they shop is down slightly, as well as the amount of time they're actually spending in the store. They're being much more efficient getting in and out of the store. So shopping trips really... In terms of uh, what they were pre-pandemic, they're much more, uh, it's called functional, um, they're much more planned out, people you know, thinking about what they're doing when they're before they come into the store and kind of plan out their, um, their trek through the store. So going forward, our food retailers, um, they're gonna have to continue to really work to you know, re-engage the shoppers and really try and provide experiences that inspire them to spend some more time in the store. Um, and alternatively, they um, uh, should be it should be enabled to uh, try and satisfy that kind of broader set of needs for you know the, the speed and efficiency in terms of getting through the store and and, and procuring the food that they need to do. Um, we know from our Speak survey of retailers that we're going to be releasing next month that the food retailers are aware of this and they're really working hard to improve. Um, both in-store efficiency kind of behind the scenes, but also the quality of the in-store experience for the shoppers. So David, I know we talked a lot about here the the new or the next normal and when that might begin. Um, We did ask our survey respondents to give their perspective on this kind of trying to get them to look into their crystal ball into their future. And I know you have some thoughts with respect to Food shopping, so David, maybe you can answer the question that uh, I was trying to answer in my blog earlier this week. Uh, when will we? When will we be able to see uh, that light at the end of the tunnel? What What are you saying?
0: Yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of us want to know this. You know, when it's all going to be over. And um, you know, I think you know here we're talking about something you know a little more specific than just the the pandemic, but um, uh, you know the business context for food because uh, you know food businesses really had a crazy ride uh, having to adjust pretty rapidly to lots of things beyond their control. Um, you know, no one, no one's known when, you know, when is the next new regulations going to come out around masks or, or limiting the number of people in the store. But, you know, in the U S context, anyway, curfews really no longer seem to be on the table anymore. So, you know, the question is like, when do shoppers believe things will settle? You know, we've been speaking a lot from survey data here about what, you know, what shoppers say they're doing, you know, how they're feeling, but what do they, you know, when they look at the future, um, what do they see and 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 not necessarily like when are things going to return to how they were before but when do shoppers think things will stabilize and a new normal really take shape um because maybe that's when businesses can finally feel like they can plan and invest with some more confidence and our theory going into this survey was that a lot of americans would be looking to like this september or thereabouts as the time when lots of things would settle into some kind of normalcy because like when when hartman has interviewed consumers in the past about their food calendar labor day the beginning of fall um was clearly this demarcation between summer eating habits um and summer routines versus what if they think of as like more the more routine part of the rest of the year uh and and, you know with in-person schooling coming back in a lot of places you know even as early as august and the return to office plans rolling out in a lot of places uh, including here in seattle a lot of uh you know businesses were um, office businesses were were targeting September uh, initially as the time to return to, uh, return to office. I mean, this looked to be like a watershed time period for America for a return to normalcy. And, and then, you know, specifically in the food business, maybe normalcy in terms of shopper demands and habits. Now, it turns out, I would say not so much, right? It's it's not. And when I say that, it, it, it's not simply because you know since early august delta has upended things um uh because like half of shoppers 49 percent, say that they believe in terms of food shopping this now in august 2021 is already as normal or stable as things are going to get and that includes one eighth of people who say their food shopping really never got disrupted in the first place but another third who believe they've, they've already settled in right
1: yeah, so that, that's about half the shoppers, but there's also the other half. What, what's their mindset? What are they thinking? What are they seeing for the future?
0: Yeah, and in the other half, you know, we asked them when they th- expected things are going to be normal. And we asked, you know, this was a question where we asked month by month. Um, but very few placed things that placed this transition in September, October, November, or December. It really only amounted to, you know, on top of that initial half, another sixth who thought that normal would start, you know, any time this fall in any of those months. So the rest, the remaining third... 36% don't expect any stability to their food shopping before January 2022, right? Now, all that said, we, we also asked about other things like work and living situation and dining out. And dining out is really the, the last thing that people expect are going to return if ever, if ever, right? Like 45% don't expect any normalcy until next year at the earliest. That's, you know, compared to 36% for, the, um, for, for food shopping. So, you know, a lot of those people, uh, with regard to dining out, say they they simply have no idea. Um, and that's dining out is really where Americans have the the least certainty,
1: right, right. So w- what about schools um, with the return to in-person learning for kids? um what are what are parents thinking here? What are their expectations as we move into this new school year?
0: Yeah, now, no parents with kids really, I, I, the, the parents with kids at home are the exception to what to all of what I just said, right? So a third of them expect, School to return to return to normalcy or stability sometime this fall, um, and with that, it appears like basically all other aspects of of their life transition as well. So this is like where we might expect, um, you know, some kind of fall, uh, tr- transition across their lives, whether it's food shopping or working or dining out, the living situation. They're twice as likely as everyone else to expect this 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 fall is going to mark their return to stability. But mm. parents with kids are only like one third of adults. I mean, one third is a lot, but so they matter, but they don't really change the overall picture dramatically, right. um, you know. uh, So, Steve, you know, I know you've been very interested in how parents are navigating food shopping during the pandemic, including how they've leveraged online options. Uh, you talked earlier about trips into the store um, and the experiences, you know, inside the store. But could you speak to what you've been seeing in, uh, you know, the survey data and other data about like online grocery shopping and um, where things stand now online? Yeah,
1: on online shopping, this pandemic has kind of really pushed online shopping ahead several years probably in terms of its progress. Um, The universe of online shoppers clearly jumped dramatically, increased really quickly um, during those early days of the pandemic as people were trying to figure out how they could get food safely. Um, That that broader universe of online shoppers has pretty much though maintained that expanded size um, since the pandemic uh, uh, started. Um, But the intensity of these shoppers has abated a little bit. Um, You know, we found that in the most recent 12 months, about almost two-thirds, 63% of shoppers have bought groceries online at least occasionally. Um, We also have that 14% or about one in seven shoppers who buy online um, pretty much every time or almost every time that they shop. Um, generationally it's interesting you know Gen Z and Millennials we we all are interested in what their behaviors are because as they uh, grow up um, you know they're evolving their behaviors but they've really continued to maintain their online shopping at least 87% of them are at least occasionally shopping online so they're definitely doing it but we're really you know with the pandemic influencing older Americans we found that those older generations have added and. And maintain users to online shopping over the past year, um, and they they have uh, they've actually taken to it uh, more so than a lot of folks may have expected. So while those using online almost every time in general have has dropped off slightly from that February high, if you look at that particular measure, that online centric group is twice as high as it was before the pandemic. Right, and, um, you know it, it's definitely up there. And, you know, David, uh, I know you know this, if if the audience really wants to explore more more about those, the, as we call it, the who, where, how, uh, and why of online shopping, we did some really fun um, and insightful infographics that you can, uh, if you want to go to my LinkedIn, you can see them, FMIs LinkedIn, and they've been out around social media, but they give a little more of a portrayal of who those online shoppers are. Um, but back to those facts uh, online shopping it represents about 23 percent in our most recent survey here of the weekly grocery spend reported by shoppers um that's um that's a big increase um i mean after the big increase we had at the onto the pandemic where it was close to i guess almost 30 percent, that number has pretty uh, much been steady over the past year um we've seen some slight erosion of online users at various places like supermarkets mass merchandisers and club stores they've off a little bit since february so maybe people are consolidating some of their shopping behaviors um but steady uh overall spending online really suggests that online Ordering methods have really maintained the relevance for folks, and we've really seen that the mass merchandisers particularly um, are continuing to rely on online users to really retain um, their growth as a primary store status. So I think many shoppers have really learned to shop online, and while it might may not be the only way they shop online, uh, we know many shoppers prefer to shop uh, in store for food. Um, but for many it will be hard really hard for them to unlearn this this new skill they've discovered something new so um, and then on the retailers perspective you know i fully expect that the food retailers i know they're making great strides in this area they're going to continue to get better in how they do omnichannel and they're also going to be able to provide uh, better experiences for the shoppers as we move forward
0: so we've covered a lot of stuff here david what's next Right, yeah, it, it, there's an awful lot of stuff, and you know, an awful lot more stuff in the, um, uh, you know, in the report. I, I, I think, you know, what, next we're going to end up doing this all over again in October, right? Just uh, and and see how things have evolved further in terms of what, um, you know, what people are what what people are saying, and and you know, at that time we'll be able to ask shoppers, you know, about their holiday plans. Uh, fingers crossed, right? Great. And in the meantime, I know, you know, Hartman, we're continuing to monitor uh, eating patterns. And behaviors and, and other issues and I know you're going to continue with some other research as well.
1: Yeah, as as uh, as I like to say, eat, sleep, survey, and repeat. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the circle circle of life in our profession right now. Um, but in the meantime, you know, everyone should feel free to take a look at uh, fmi.org. You can take the latest reports. Uh, and our big report we did earlier this year. Um, we also got some great videos of some ethnographic work we did with the Hartman team, um, uh, obviously remotely, um, but yeah. the, we had some great um, stories from shoppers about their experiences out there, and there's a lot more on, on the website. So David, thank you so much for having me here today. It,
0: it's been a lot of fun. It's been a pleasure. Uh, so thank you for everyone else. Uh, so, so thanks so much for listening. Stay well, everyone, and Uh, Please maintain your insatiable appetite. Bye, everybody.